The message you're about to listen to is by Reverend Dr. Femi Olaleye of Oikea Christian Center. Remain blessed as you listen. So let's look at it. Genesis chapter number 1 and verse 1. Genesis 1 and verse 1. What does it say? Let's read. It says what? Talk to me now. In the beginning, God created what? The heavens and the earth. Uh huh. Go on. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Yes. Now, what did we explain last time? We said that that word in the beginning, all right, is the Hebrew Bereshit, and we were able to look at what, did the word study of Bereshit, we saw that beginning there was referring to what? The first, is that correct? Church, pay attention, the first, right? Then we said the first fruits, all right? We saw also it refers to the first parts, then also refers to what? The cheapest, then the principal. All right, where the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. All right, so that means wisdom is the first thing. Wisdom is what? The first fruit. Wisdom is the beginning. All right, so we're able to look at all that. And we saw that Genesis 1, essentially, was God showing you his plan, okay, to create or fabricate every single thing in the world in Christ Jesus. How many of you remember that? How many of you remember that? All right, to fabricate every single thing in Christ Jesus. We saw that Genesis 1, all right, was not, was actually God showing you what his plan was. Genesis 1 was not a scientific presentation of how God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1 was actually the gospel being proclaimed. What God was showing us was that in the beginning he created the heavens and the earth or in the firstborn, he created the heavens and the earth, or in Christ, he created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1 is showing you God's plan to create the heavens and the earth in Christ. All right, God's plan to create a generation of men and women, all right, in Christ. Then in Genesis 1 2, he now begins to talk about how the present earth was, which was that it was what? Without form and what? Void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And we saw in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and verse 6, that um, God, um, Paul, in explaining Genesis 1 2, said, God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined where in our hearts. So we are able to see that Genesis 1 is figurative because of how Paul interprets what is present in Genesis 1. We're going to look at that in some depth today. Then we now see God saying, let there be light, and he says there was light. We're able to see that the light in Genesis 1 is not talking about the light of the sun and the moon. The light in Genesis 1 is what? Is the light of the gospel. Second Corinthians 4, 6. All right, and the Bible says, and God saw that the light, that it was good. And God separated the light from the darkness, and the light he called what? Day, and the darkness he called what? Night. Praise God. So we now are able to see that in First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 5, all right, the believer is called a child of the day and a child of light. Praise God. Why the unbeliever is called a child of what? Darkness and a child of what? Of the night. So we're able to see, all right, that when you talk about that delineation, or separation, all right, of day from night, or the calling of day, all right, and night, and light and darkness is actually talking about 
races on the earth. He's talking about the, the types of men on the earth. There are men that are in the light, and there are men that are what? In the darkness. All right. Basically, the redemption story is that God has translated the man who was in darkness into light because he has believed in the gospel and he has found himself present in what? In Christ Jesus. Are you with me so far? I said, are you with me so far? So this is very important for us to see. Then we're able to look at Genesis chapter 1 verse 26. And we were able to see, as we are going to also look at again today, that Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 was not referring to the earthly man. Genesis 1 26 is referring to what? To the heavenly man, Christ Jesus. Because it is the heavenly man that has dominion. Okay, because in Genesis 1 26, say, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the what? The fowl of the air, and over every what? creeping thing. We were able to demonstrate and show from the scriptures that the fowl of the air, all right, and the, um, the fowl of the air, the fish in the sea, and the what? Creeping thing is referring to what? Demonic spirit, principalities, and what? Powers. That is figurative, a typology of that. I showed you that. I think that is, was uh, last month or so. Get the tapes and listen to it again. And we were able to see and demonstrate that Adam did not have that dominion. Because in Hebrews chapter 2, all right, um, from verse 8 to 10, all right, the writer of Hebrews, who I believe to be Paul, in explaining Genesis 1.26, says that God created man, you're quoting the the second psalm, the eighth psalm, he says, what, who is man? What is man that thou art mindful of him? The son of man that thou visitest him. Thou maketh him a what? A little, low, a little lower than the what? Than the angels. For the what? Self, uh, for the, uh, thou maketh him a little lower than the angels. Then he now said, thou crownest him with what? With glory and honor. And you have set what? Him over all the works of your hands. Then he now goes on to now tell us, all right, that hey, when we look at the natural man, we don't see all things under his feet, and we don't see him having dominion. But he now says, but we see who? Jesus, who was made the word a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, all right, and has been made what? The ruler of what? All things. So what does that tell us? It tells us that the dominion spoken of in Genesis 1 was not given to Adam, all right, because it was not possible for Adam to have it. He was a natural man. The uh, dominion was given to what? To Christ. And any man who will be found where? In Christ. So that's why all the, the, the expression, all authority in heaven and the earth has been given, all right, was said to Jesus, was not said or was said by Jesus, and it was not said by Adam or to Adam, because all authority in heaven and earth was not given to Adam, but given to who? Jesus. Hallelujah. Are you, how many of you are with me so far? Come on, how many of you are with me so far? All right, good. Now let us go deeper. Now, if you're coming for the first time, this is a series. So you cannot come in the middle and understand. All right, you have to go and get the tapes, join our Telegram channel so that you can have context of all that we have been saying. Praise God. And our first service in Surrey Levy Center is actually a mid-service. How many of you agree? All right, because it's focused towards leaders, workers, all right, in this. And all other centers always make sure that they are to listen to this first service because we lay down doctrine during the first service. Praise God. Praise God. Now, God is intentional about his plan. The scriptures are actually a blueprint into God's plan for salvation and is the purpose for which it was written. Second Timothy 3.15, let us read it again. Second Timothy three chapter Second Timothy chapter three and verse fifteen, he said, and from a child, and that from a child, thou hast known the word, the holy scriptures, all right, 
uh -huh, which are church now, which are able to what? Make thee wise unto what? Salvation. Through faith, which is in what? In Christ. Read it again. And that from a child, thou hast known what? The Holy Scriptures, which are able to what? Make thee wise unto what? Salvation. Through faith, which is in what? Christ Jesus. So the purpose of the Scriptures is for salvation. Through faith in what? Christ. Say that with me. The purpose of the Scriptures. The purpose of the Scriptures. Is for salvation through faith that is in Christ Jesus. All right, so very important. Now, if the purpose of salvation is the purpose of the scriptures is what salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, I want us to now examine that idea and concept of purpose. What does purpose mean? When we talk about God's purpose and when we talk about God's eternal plan, all right, was to bring about salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, what exactly do we mean? How can we see this from the scriptures? Romans chapter number 8 and verse 28. I made a vow to God that Oikea Christian Center will always be a church where you come to learn the truth of the word. Hallelujah. Amen. We will never compromise on that. Everybody say amen. Amen. The truth of the word. We're not going to try to bring worldly strategies. No, we're not going to do any of that. Amen. The word will always have number one place. Look at neighbor and say the word will always have number one place here. Now look at what he says now. He says, everybody read one to go. He says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that what? To them who are called according to his purpose. All right, to them would accord according to his purpose. Now, let's look at the context of this so that you can understand. Start from verse 25. Romans 8:25. Please read when we are reading, look at the book, look at your Bible. And if we owe for that we see not, then do we with patience what? Wait for it. 26. He now says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth and infirmities, for we know not what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit itself making intercession for us with groanings which cannot be what? Uttered. He's talking about the aspire, aspiration for the resurrection from the dead. All right? The aspiration for immortality. Now, 27 now says, all right? And he that searcheth the heart knoweth the mind of the spirit, because he maketh what? Intercession for the saints according to what? The will of God. Now read into 28. He now says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are what? The called according to purpose. All right. Notice that the his purpose there is in Italy. Praise God. It doesn't change the meaning of the text, but he says it's according to what? To purpose. Now, what is purpose? Let's do a word study on that word purpose. What does purpose mean? The word purpose is from the Greek word prothesis. P-R-O-T-H-E-S-I-S. P-R-O-T-H-E-S-I-S. It means to set forth a thing. It means to set forth a thing. It means to place what you want to do in the full view of people. I'll say that again. Protesis. It means the setting forth of a thing or to set forth a thing, all right, placing what you want to do in full view, all right, of people. Purpose in English and purpose in the Greek doesn't, it's not really always the same, all right? It's alike but it's not the same, okay? So when he says, 
to them who are called according to purpose, he is saying he called them in accordance to something he wanted to do. So what he, had, what he wanted to do was not hidden. What he wanted to do, he had already placed it in full view of everybody to see. I want to do this. Hallelujah. So he says, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to purpose. Now, we're going to come back to Romans chapter 8, 28, because we're going to read 29 and 30. So you can now see the connection between purpose and predestination, purpose and foreknowledge. Because if purpose is the setting forth of that which I want to do, glory to God, it therefore would mean that there are certain things I will do and make available, all right, to actualize that. For example, if an architect wants to build or if a builder wants to build a building, what does he do? He gets the architectural drawing. The architectural drawing, hallelujah, is the description of how the building is going to look like. Is that correct? Is that correct? Now, the kind of the building, the type of the building will now determine all the materials we bring together, all right, the kind of the material we bring together, the kind of the people that will have to work. Are you following? All right, because the kind of people I'm going to bring for a one-story building is not the same kind I'll bring for a what? A two-story building. The type of iron I'm going to bring, the depth of the foundation, all right, for a boy's quarters is not the same thing as a skyscraper. Are you following? So that means the purpose will determine every single thing I'm going to bring, all right, and the kind of people I'm going to bring in to do the job. Are you following? So that means purpose determines choice. Purpose determines calling. Are you following? Now, this will also make you understand, all right, how God chose people in the Old Testament to carry out his plan. It was not God calling them in accordance to their performance. It was God calling them according to what? To purpose. So that was why David was chosen and Saul was rejected. Because David fit the purpose, Saul didn't. Are you following? That was why Jacob was chosen and Esau was rejected because Jacob filled uh, 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 fitted the purpose and Esau didn't. So you now begin to understand that the choices of who got what and who did what in the Old Testament was in accordance to purpose and not performance. Praise God. Are you with me so far? Come on, are you with me so far? Look at Romans chapter 9 verse 11. Purpose, protesis. Now let me tell you something that's a discipline when you are listening to the word of God. I'm noticing some people, one person standing up, going here, this, this, this. All of those things are distractions. You need to have a culture of consecration when it comes to the word, when it comes to service. Some of you many times, you're in service, you're with your phone, you're distracted, you're taking calls, you're going out. That is not a consecrated way to worship, especially when a service is going on. You are distracted and you are positioning yourself to be distracted. It is wise and it's actually good that for someone, if you're in a service, all right, put your phone on, do not disturb or things like that. Because all of those things, we can, you can do them at another time. You are just setting up yourself not to maximize things from the service. So you just come, you know, you just find out, what did you learn? Oh, I, could, I didn't get everything. I was outside. I will listen. So you will find out that your, your rev, the reverence and the fear of the Lord, that that culture you're supposed to have, when you are in the service, you do not have it. That's the culture you need to imbibe as a Christian. Put things aside to face what you came to church for. 
Hallelujah. Go all right, because some folks in times you get to a point where you are in service of God, or right, you're a worker, you are too busy to be fed. You are too all about the place to be fed. You are too busy to be fed. Don't be too busy to be fed the word of God. Hallelujah. All right, Romans chapter 9. All right, now, this is talking about, notice what we said. Everybody say purpose. purpose. Say this with me. God calls, God loves, according to purpose and not according to performance. Now, look at this guy now. Look at, uh, can we read from verse 9 to see the context? Romans 9, verse 9. Look at this. It says, it says here, are you there? For this is the word of promise. At this time will I come, and Sarah shall have a son. Look at verse 10. It now says, And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by her father Isaac. Look at what it says next verse. It says, For the children being not yet born, neither having done what? Any good or what? Evil. That the purpose. That word purpose there is what? Prostasis. That the purpose of God, according to election, might what? Stand. Not of works, but of him that what? Collect. So he's saying that God had a purpose. There was a purpose. And God's selection and calling of people to ensure that that purpose came into manifestation was in accordance to the purpose and not according to their performance. Oh, glory to God. Are you getting what I'm saying now? Are you getting what I'm saying now? So, for example, you need circular bricks to build a house. No matter how square a square brick is, you cannot use a what? A square brick because the purpose or the plan is to use what? Circular bricks. It doesn't mean that the circular brick is not good or is bad or did even know, but that the purpose of God might stand you use what you, you god uses men in accordance to his purpose and not in accordance to their performance praise the lord i said praise the lord so that's what prosthesis again now look at ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 we're doing a word on prosthesis purpose there are many other words used for um, translated purpose in the bible that are not actually they are actually better translated something else. They are not actually purpose. The, the translators just put purpose there. All right. For example, there's one called Tuton. All right. Tuton is not purpose. Tuton means of himself, of herself, of themselves. So, you know, things like that. I don't want to start going into the other purpose. You understand? I just, just stay with the one that we need to look at. Now, look at Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 11. Let us start from verse 9. Ephesians 1. Oh, let's look at from verse 7. Sorry. So, notice, purpose always has to do with a certain thought. And when the Bible talks about purpose, it, when it's looking at relation to God, the purpose of God, all right, is something that was set forth in the scriptures from the beginning, hallelujah, and before time began. So that means God's purpose is never a reaction. God's purpose is always set. Glory to God. God's purpose is always set. God's purpose does not evolve. It is man that evolves in the understanding of God's purpose. God's purpose does not change. God's purpose is and has always been since time before time began. Now, look how it says. Everybody reads verse 7. It says, in whom we have what? Redemption. Through his blood, the forgiveness of what? Of sins. According to the what? Riches of his grace. Next verse. It now says, wherein he hath abounded toward us in all wisdom and what? Prudence. Next verse, it says what? 
having made known unto us the what? Mystery of his will, according to his what? Good pleasure, which he what? In himself. He had set it forth in himself. He had set forth the plan in himself. Now look at verse 10. It now says that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, he might gather together what? In one, all things in Christ, both which are what? In heaven, which are on earth, even we are. So that means in Genesis, in the scriptures, we can find, or we should be able to find, where God outlined this purpose to gather all things in what? In Christ. That is what we find in Genesis what? 1. Come on, is this clear? Come on, is this clear? Uh-huh. All right. It was like, all right. Which are on earth, even in him. Look at verse 11. It now says, In whom also we have what? Obtained what? An inheritance. Now, it now says, Being what? Predestinated. It says, Being predestinated according to what? Purpose. Okay. You now have another word, predestination. This word, predestination, means to actually determine beforehand to determine something beforehand so for example i'm trying to look for an example that everybody here will vibe with how many of you here play video games video games okay how many of you say play football you play football let me see your hand okay now how many of you all right, sometimes you have a play in your head when you are playing the game, right? You have a play in your head, and you so this is so you have a, okay, this is what I'm going to do for this person. Now, I remember, I remember the time when we used to play, I used to play games a lot, and in just older poor evolution soccer, it wasn't FIFA, the other one, what's the other one? The poor evolution players, right? And the older ones, like the 2008, 2011, and 12. Everybody knew that what you needed to do to score, all right, many times, all right, was to either use Barcelona with Messi and just be using his left leg to cut, to cut, to cut, to cut. Then when you cut inside, you can now bend, you know, and press R1 or R2 and it will bend inside. Are you following what I'm saying? Now, so you had the plan in your head. Praise God. Now, you now chose Barcelona because of what? The plan you had in your head. So the reason you chose Barcelona was because you were going to use who? Messi. And do what you wanted to do to win the game. What is your goal? Your goal is to win. Is that correct? Then to win, all right, you say, okay, this is the plan I have. It's in your head. Nobody else saw it. It's in your head. You purpose it in yourself. Then you now determined or took certain steps beforehand. Before the game was even played before they said start playing you chose barcelona because of that thing you wanted to do is that correct so he now says in whom also we have obtained an inheritance being predestinated according to what the purpose of him who worketh what according to what the council so that means that for example you're working all right your predestination that thing you did or determined beforehand hallelujah was determined by the purpose you had the plan that you had hallelujah so he is telling us here that receiving forgiveness of sins 
Glory to God. All right. And getting forgiven of our sins. The way we get forgiveness of our sins, which is in Christ Jesus, was God's plan before time began. Praise God. And glory to God. Because it was God's plan before time began, he determined beforehand that all men, glory to God, we have to do something, glory to God, to get that thing, that, that, that inheritance, that forgiveness of sins that he has made available. Praise God. Which is what we find in verse 29 of Romans 8. Romans 8. Turn to Romans 8.29. It says now, everybody read. It says, for whom he did what? For no. He also did what? Predestinate to be what? Conformed to what? The image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. So that means for every man to get an inheritance, glory to God, that man has been determined or predetermined beforehand to be what? Conformed to the image of his son. Without the conformation, there is no inheritance. Glory to God. So this is God's counsel. This is God's will. That all men, to get forgiveness of sins, all men, to have the inheritance that he wants them to have, they have to be conformed to the image of his son. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, remember, we talked about doing a Bible seminar on Thursday. We said that the promised land is what? That the promised land in the, was uh, uh, Canaan was a promised land in the Old Testament. Is that correct? And we now explained that in the New Testament, glory to God, what Canaan refers to is the indwelling spirit. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Now, for them to enter into Canaan, in the Old Testament, they had to believe the promise. For us to enter into Canaan in the New Testament, we have to believe in what? In Christ Jesus. Because Christ Jesus is the promise given to them in the Old Testament. But they could not, hallelujah, enter into the reality of it. Because Jesus had not yet been what? Glorified. So they had typologies, a physical land. Glory to God. There is a physical land. But in actuality, Canaan was not the rest God promised them. Canaan was a typology to represent the rest God promised them. Because in Hebrew says that if Joshua had given them rest, then why then did he promise another rest? Saying, if he shall what? Enter into my rest, had he not your heart. Hallelujah. Why? Because the land Canaan was a pointer to the actual rest, which is what? Which is what? In Christ's realities. Which is what? The indwelling of the Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me show you Galatians chapter 3. Look at Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. So, believers, right now, if you've believed in Jesus, you have entered into the promised land. In, because the Spirit of God dwells where? In you. The promised land of scriptures is not fine house or fine houses. 
The promised land of scripture is not what? Cars. Alright? The promised land of scripture is not prosperity. It's not material prosperity. It's not. Do you know why? Because material prosperity will pass away. Dollar will pass away. Bitcoin. How can your inheritance be in Christ be something man created? No, think about it. I said, how can your inheritance in Christ be what men created? You know, it was a man, Satoshi, created Bitcoin. Now, you are speaking in tongues. Every Bitcoin, you see, a man created it. And if a man created it, it means it's not eternal. But the inheritance we have in Christ is what? An eternal inheritance. So that means your inheritance in Christ cannot be money. Is money good? Yes. Do we need money in this side? Yes, but we cannot carry money with us. Oh, hallelujah. Imagine all our prayer points are about things that we will not carry away with us. Think about it. We worship so that God will move in our finances. We pray so that he will move in our marriage. We, we scabash so that we will have the house. We robobo so that every single spiritual activity tied to something that is not eternal. That's the story of the Nigerian church. Fervent in prayer about things that don't matter. But lukewarm in prayer about things that do. We say, we just us pray. Every enemy in my father's house, we say everybody, golden neck. Golden neck. Golden neck. Hey, every, <laughs> that, and we express our desire for wickedness in prayer. No, think about it. No, think about it. This wickedness we have, we express it in prayer. We want people to die. We want God to scatter their legs. We want God to stagnate them, bruise their head. We want to, have you had people say things like, Father Lord, um, I must arise from my family. Use me as my example. You, you understand? We have introduced competitiveness in the prayer. We want to rise above our siblings. Are you following? Sibling rivalry is now expressed in prayer points. Are you following what I'm talking about? It's expressing prayer points. The firstborn, I'm the first. So we want to do redemption of the firstborn. So we want to do redemption of the lastborn, then the middleborn. All sorts of funny business. But let us say, Father Lord, let, you say, let us pray and fast that the purpose of God for the gospel in Nigeria reigns. Do you know how you're here? You say, no, people cannot relate to it. You understand? It does not have an application in their everyday life. So we have now raised a, a mob. It's not a kingdom. It's not a kingdom, people. It's a mob. Then we have now re redefined kingdom. When you say this man is working kingdom, we redefined it to talk about money. I hear people say kingdom. Then you now see some foolish Christians, see a rich unbeliever and say, oh, see kingdom. Private jet, kingdom. Because the, the people have they've turned the Bible upside down. Turned it upside A man cannot walk in kingdom if he is not indwelled by the Spirit. Glory to God. Because the kingdom of God is dominion over sin. Dominion over principalities and powers. Hallelujah! That's the kingdom. Righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the kingdom of God.
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the kingdom of God. Is money good? Yes. But money, having money does not mean you're a kingdom person. No. You just have money. Anyone can have money. Hallelujah. I said anyone can have money. You know, I was looking, I was talking to my darling. I was saying, hon, hmm. I said some months ago, like play. I just bought two. I just bought small Bitcoin. Just like play. Before CBN did anything. I just bought small bit Bitcoin. Elon Musk cracked a joke about Dogecoin. And I said, ah, this guy is an influencer. So I just put some money inside. Dogecoin. Then I put some money in Bitcoin. Small money I could, you know. Then some, month, some days ago, I just checked the value of those things. You understand? Then after I said, I said, let me just withdraw out of it. Just to show it works. Lo and behold, the money came. So I was not looking at it that what is, is What is kingdom in this? It wasn't the Holy Spirit. I can't say the Spirit was a lie. I didn't, it was Elon Musk. <laughs> Hallelujah. You cannot be telling such things the promise. No, it's not. Your spiritual life is still in a place of immaturity if most of your spiritual exercises are tied to acquiring mundane things. You are fasting to get oh the job, the husband, oh father, oh the oh, open the eyes of my husband. Every single day, this is my husband. Oh, every that is your prayer every time. Husband. And you find out, I found out something. The moment some people get that husband, their spirituality goes down. When your prayer life is always about car, father, this car, ramakataye. Oh, you've read fourth dimension. You have read fifth dimension, sixth dimension. You are fasting. Liko, you are so equal for the car. The car now comes. That is why most Nigerian Christians, their spirituality just fizzles out when they go to a country that works. You know why? They don't know how to pray when all their needs are met. Because they never really understood what prayer was for. Prayer is not about things primarily. You can ask for things, it's fine. But prayer is about what? Aligning heaven with earth. Ensuring that all things are done in earth as it is in where? In heaven. That is what prayer is about. Glory to God. Even the baby agrees. Amen. Amen. I have to round up. Glory to God. Where did I say she opened? He said, Christ has redeemed us from the cost of the law, being made a cost for us. For it is written, cost is everyone that angered were on a tree. Verse 14. It now says what? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus, that we might receive the word, the promise of the Spirit through what? So what is the promise? The Spirit. What is the promise? I said, what is the promise? The Spirit. The Spirit. So, we see the purpose outlined. Let me just give you this before and I go. We see the purpose also, you know, all right, God talking about his purpose and his plan in First Chronicles chapter 28, from verse 1 to 10, or verse 1 to 13. Let us read through that and I will show you something that then we close. I apologize. I wasn't able to share more with you. I wish you came for Bible seminar because I shared a lot there. Praise God. Amen. Now, how many of you have heard people say things like this? Oh, David wanted to build God a house. He wanted to build God a house. And he said to the Lord, I will build you a house. But the Lord said to him, you are a man of war. 
you have led a lot of people. So you cannot build me a house. I want a man of peace to build the house. Then he now says, Solomon, you will build me a house. All right? So that tells you something. If blood is on your hand, you cannot build God a house. Then we say, hey! Kulamaye. The Lord does not like a bloody hand. Look at David. He was a man after his heart. But because there was blood on his hand, God could not use him to build the house. Let's look at what he's actually saying. Yeah, I know. I'm talented like that. I mean, it's just... <laughs> even me, I'm, sometimes I always wonder, ah, God, man, this is too much. It's too much. I mean, you know, I could be a Ramsey. No, who knows? But you see, <laughs> I'm consecrated to his will, eh? Praise God. It's not only in diamond that is multi-talented or tired. You know, it's me too, I am. <laughs> and David assembled out the princes of Israel. Listen, no. the princes of the tribes and the captains of the companies that ministered to the king by course and the captains over thousands and captains over hundreds and still was all over all the substance and possession of the king and his, of his sons with the white officers and mighty men and with all the valiant men unto Jerusalem. Now verse 2. First of all, what's the meaning of Jerusalem? Jerusalem, Jerusalem means a city of what? Peace. Number one thing to note. A city of what? Peace. Now, you know there is the earthly Jerusalem and there is the heavenly what? Jerusalem. Where is the Christian born into? Hebrews 12, 25. Ye are come to what? Zion, Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the what? Heavenly what? Jerusalem. He didn't say you are marching there. He said you are come there. Glory to God. So when you got born again, you became a citizen of the heavenly we are? Jerusalem. Glory to God. Philippians 3.20. Our citizenship is where? Heaven. Let's continue. So when you see Jerusalem or Zion in the Old Testament, he's talking about who? The church. Then David the king stood up. Ah, no, verse 2. Okay, then David the king stood up upon his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. As for me, I had in my heart to build an house of what? Ah, ah. <laughs> an house of what? Rest. For the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God and had made ready for the building. Next verse, verse 3. But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build an house for my name. Because thou hast been a man of what? Of war. And as what? Shed blood. Hmm. Next verse. How be the Lord God of Israel chose me before all the house of my father to be king over Israel. For what? For what? Calm down. When you start seeing a man saying king over Israel forever, I hope you know he's not talking about himself. Wait. I hope you know he's not talking about himself. Because there is no way he can be a king forever. We know that after David has served the Lord in his generation, he slept on with his uh, fathers. So he was not king what? Forever. Ah? Huh? Huh, good. For he had chosen Judah to be the ruler. And the house of Judah, the house of my father, and among the sons of my father, he liked me to make me king over what? All Israel. Remember, he calls according to, to what? He liked him, yet you know who David was. Uh -huh. And of all my sons, for the Lord had given me what? Many sons. Pay attention. God gave him many sons. He had chosen what? Solomon. Now, what does Solomon mean? 
This in Hebrew is shalomon. What does it mean? It means peace. Son of what? Peace. 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 Glory to God. Everybody say peace. Peace. Solomon was chosen because he was a picture of the actual person that we built this temple. Because the temple, David desired to build for God. God put that desire in his heart. Because that temple, God put in the desire in his heart to build, all right, was not actually an earthly temple built with hands. I'm going to show you from scripture how the actual temple God really referred to was built. So the reason why David couldn't build it was because the substance of the person that we actually build this temple that God will inhabit. All right. This builder was a person of peace. Amen. In fact, Isaiah 9, 6 calls him, gives him a title. What? Prince of what? Of peace. So someone who shed blood does not fit to the purpose. Are you following? So because David has shed blood and you could not describe David as a what? A man of peace. God said no. Because I've called according to purpose. According to the plans I said before time began. You can't build this. I cannot use you for this. But I will use you who? Your son. And your son is what? Shalomon. Alright? He's a son of what? Of peace. Hallelujah. So he says, of all the sons, there was Adonijah. There were all, in fact, Solomon was not the person who had rights to the throne. So that means God does not call by age. God does not call the older because he's older. No. God calls according to what? Purpose. He said, I for the Lord had given me many sons. He had chosen Solomon, my son, to sit upon the throne of the king. Kingdom of the Lord. Um, kingdom of the Lord. Over what? Notice, so notice, oh hey, glory to God. Read it again. Ah, uh, uh, no, no. And of all my sons, for the Lord had given me many sons. He had chosen Solomon, my son, to sit upon the throne of the kingdom of what? Ah, uh, uh, the kingdom of who? The kingdom of who? So that means that the throne is the throne of the kingdom of the Lord. Typologies. Hmm? Now, look at verse 6. It now says, go on, come on. And he said unto me, Solomon thy son, that son of peace, he shall build my house. Hey? Everybody follow now. And he said unto me, Solomon thy son, he shall build my house. My house. Everybody say, my house. My house. My house. No, does God dwell in buildings made with hands? But he said, Solomon, thy son, he shall build my house and what? My cause. Now look at the switch. For I have chosen him to be who? My son. And I will be what? His father. See the switch? From Solomon to who? Christ. You see that? Uh-huh. Next verse. Moreover, I will establish what? Who are we talking about now? Glory to God. I will establish his kingdom forever, 
Now, in essence, if he be constant to do my commandments and my judgment as at this day. So, Solomon, this is not what we are talking about, because Solomon did not continue to do the commandments. You understand? Praise God. But who continued to do the commandment forever? It was who? Christ. Hallelujah. Look at verse 8. And now it says, now therefore, in the sight of all Israel, the congregation of our Lord, and the honors of our God, keep and seek for all the commandments of the Lord your God, that he may possess this good land, and leave it for an inheritance, <laughs> that he may possess this, were they not in the land? Uh-huh. That he may possess this good land, and leave it for an inheritance for your children after you, for what? Forever. Verse 9, look at this. It now says what? And thou, Solomon, thy son, know that the God of thy father, and serve him with a perfect heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord started all hearts and understand all the denominations of the thoughts. If thou seek him, he will be found of thee. But if thou forsake him, he will cast thee off forever. Verse 10. It now says, Take it now, for the Lord hath chosen thee to build an house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. 11. It now says what? Then David gave to Solomon his son the what? He gave him what? The pattern. Notice what we talked about. What is prosthesis? Prosthesis means something that is what? Set forth. So he gave him the word, the plan. All right? So that means, he says, the, in fact, that this word pattern, all right, in the Hebrew, what it means is resemblance. So that means what David gave to Solomon, they had built a replica temple with all the, how the temple was supposed to look. And they put, I mean, if you have seen all of these buildings, they will say they want to build, then they will build something that looks like it and they will put it, then they say they are doing a launching. You understand? That's what they did here. So Solomon had a clear template of how the temple will look like. So also, God's purpose is clearly and plainly revealed. We are in scripture. Praise God. Now, to now show you how interesting this thing is, look at what Jesus Christ said about this temple God was supposed to inhabit. John chapter 2, the same temple. Because Solomon's temple was destroyed partially, then it was rebuilt during the time of Nehemiah Ezra, right? But it was the same temple, praise God. Now, look at it now. John chapter 2 and verse 18. I'm going to stop here. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, What sign showest thou unto us, seeing that thou doest these things? Look at the next verse, 19. Jesus answered and said unto them, Destroy this temple. And in three days, I will what? Raise it up. 20. Then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years was this temple in building. And without rear it up in three days. Now, how many of you are now noticing that language? Where something physical is spoken of, but something physical is not what is meant. That's the language of scripture. Most of it is figurative. Then said the Jews, 40 and 6 years. Okay, but he spake of the what? The temple of what? So that means when God told David to build him a temple. Hallelujah. What God was actually telling David. And when he says, build me a temple. All right? All right? I said, but you can't build it because your hands are full of blood. But your son, Solomon, who is my son, who I will be a what? A father too, will raise me a what? A temple. What he is saying is, I'm going to send my Solomon. Hallelujah. Who is called the prince of what? The prince of what? Peace. All right? There will be no blood on his hands. He will kill no one. 
for he's come, hallelujah, to bring what? Peace. Do you know what peace means in the Greek? The word peace means Irene. Irene means national tranquility, freedom from war. Hallelujah. Are you following? So he's talking about Prince of Peace. This guy is going to come and he's going to bring peace. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And through peace, he will raise me a temple. Praise God. And that temple is who? Is Jesus' body. Of which we are a what? We are a what? We are a member. We are the building blocks of the temple of God. Glory to God. So what was God's purpose? To raise him a temple in Jesus Christ. He proposed it in himself. So all who believe in Jesus are temples of the living God. Glory to God. And guess how long he's going to live in us? Forever. Guess how long we are members of his kingdom? Forever. Guess how long the kingdom shall reign for? It shall reign what? Forever. Everybody shout forever. forever. Come on, forever. forever. Rise up on your feet, shout forever. forever. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Forever. Hallelujah. Lift up your hands and just worship him. Oh, hallelujah. You know, when we say worship him now, like spirit-filled people, let your voice ring out. Let your voice ring out. Let your voice ring out. Come on. Forever. 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 Shulabala Sukatabala. The salvation is forever, forever. Is life in Him forever? You have just listened to a message by Reverend Dr. Femi Olale of Oikea Christian Center. For other messages, visit our website at www.oikeacc.org. Remain blessed.